Hello everybody. Hello everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Uh hope you guys are all having a nice holiday season. And uh if you're wondering why I'm I'm chuckling, it's because of this overwhelming sense of deja vu that I'm I'm feeling right now. Uh it, it's still a few days before the next iteration of the Matrix, the next uh, Matrix movie comes out, but I feel like I'm living a little bit of the Matrix right now. So so Rocky and I were recording this uh, Spawn Miss Day 5, and we had a little technical difficulty in, in the the first recording, and we had to kind of split it and then do the second half of the first recording. And then we went back, and the first half had dis- disappeared. So, And it's all my fault. <laughs> uh, it, it's technology. You know, it happens. So uh, apologies if it seems a little disjointed in the, in the middle. So we're going to redo the first 10 pages of, uh, of Spawn issue number five. And if you're wondering, well, what, what the hell are you talking about, Spawn issue five? It's the 12 days of Spawn, Miss, right? That's what we're doing. We're celebrating Spawn. We're celebrating the, the renaissance of Spawn. Go back and listen to the first four episodes, fully break it down, what we're doing here. Uh, but basically, 12 days leading up to Christmas, 12 days of the comic source, we're covering the first 12 issues of Spawn. In the new year, we will release daily uh, one issue of Spawn a day in in. in with the end goal being, let's read all 300 issues of Spawn, 320 issues of Spawn, uh, and get caught to uh, you know the current stuff that's coming out with Gunslinger Spawn and Scorched and uh, King Spawn and, and that sort of thing. So we're up to issue five. We're having a lot of fun uh, reliving these uh, these books. Now, th- I wasn't a big fan of this one when it when it first came out. Still not a, a fan of it. I, I just think there are some there are some technical issues with the pacing of this particular issue. Rocky, on the other hand, has a different take, right? Yeah. Down I, lane, Rocky. Well, I, I like this issue because it deals with a serial killer by the name of Billy Kincaid. And it's it just brings back memories of ice cream, you scream, well scream for ice cream. It is tropey. It is vigilante justice. It's spawn at his most hard or hardcore. It's uh, it's Batman on steroids. I mean, it's just going. You know, it's just this is this is the stuff that I just remember very viscerally being. This is what got me into Spawn in the first place. My fascination with Spawn only lasted twelve issues, and then I sort of lost interest in Spawn. But I got to tell you. Uh, I this really captivated me this this issue and uh, you know this is basically a one shot and you really get a sense that if you want to know what Spawn's about and what he's capable of doing and what differentiates him from Batman, this was the issue that removed all doubt. This was Spawn. Al Simmons had his own way of dealing with uh, <laughs> with the bad guys. Yeah, I mean, really, the first four issues are more of kind of you think of it as kind of setup, like establishing who Al Simmons is. The terrible deal he made with Malabolgia, who the violator is, kind of his, you know, antagonistic stepbrother, if you will. What Al Simmons lost in terms of, you know, a chance to be happy with his his wife that he loved so much, he, he's willing to give up his soul for her, a daughter that he could never have. Uh, so, yeah, in a lot of ways, the first four issues are set up. And then this one, something happens, namely Billy Kincaid gets out of uh, the mental institution he's in. Uh, and that's what gets... Um, that's what gets Al Simmons off the, the sideline. But the other thing that continues, like we've seen in the first uh, four issues, is just a massive amount of dialogue. And you see it right there on the page <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube. How many redacted boxes I had to put on while this doctor basically expositions his way through explaining to us who Billy Kincaid is. He's this child murderer. He was suspected of murdering many, many children. They could only pin one on him. 
uh, and at this hearing where the doctor is saying, yeah, uh, basically what happened was uh, your lawyer found some technical loophole that got your sentence reduced down from 22 years to 10 years. And now with time off for good behavior and what have you, it reduces it further to eight, means you're getting out tomorrow. Sam and Twitch are there. Uh, and, and we learned Sam Burke's name, I think for the first time, detective Sam Burke and, and how much of a kind of a straight shooter he is. And, and he, he's kind of beside himself and pissed off that this sicko in his mind is, is getting out. Um, he's like, man, we only nailed him for one murder, but we knew he was, uh, responsible for, for so many more. And then we even get a little insight into the, the mind of, um, of Billy Kincaid when we see, like Rocky was saying, uh, you know, you scream ice cream, we all scream for ice cream. That's how he lured his kids. He he would um, he would drive around this ice cream truck, and uh, yeah, he he's talks about how he's doing everything he needs to do to get out as soon as he can, doing what they tell him. And uh, Sam and Twitch, like I said, they're just they're they're beside themselves. Um, Sam talks about how he's he, he can sum up his whole career as an NYPD detective with the three words by the book, but going by the book when it results in this kind of thing really makes him sick uh, to his stomach. So uh, the, the other thing that we have in this issue is the return of the, the three talking heads. We see the reporter from CNN. We see the reporter from E entertainment and we see the other guy, the right wing guy who's now on channel 99. Apparently I think he was on 44 last time we saw him. So he definitely moves around a lot. And in their exposition, we learn a lot more about, kind of the, the, the case of this girl who died. She was uh, the son of a senator who uh, the senator was caught in a re-election year having an affair with somebody named Marla Fleet. His name was Senator Jennings. This Marla Fleet was a former Miss Universe, and apparently his, his the senator's wife, Senator Jennings' wife, was very beloved because it played out in the tabloids and everybody was against the senator and mad at him. So when um, his daughter was killed, the intimation is that the the powers that be were told not to investigate the case as maybe um, as strongly as they could have. Uh, and it was all to kind of get revenge on the Senator for him having this affair and basically being a dick, which that's just horrible in terms of justice for this poor little girl who, who died. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't, I don't care what, I don't care what the Senator did. His daughter, Amanda Jennings deserved justice. And I mean, at least they did find Billy Kincaid guilty, even if he did only get 22 years rather than the death penalty or, or life in prison. But then, yeah, when this sleazy lawyer of his gets that reduce, reduced down further to only 10 years and he's out in eight, that, that's definitely a, uh, a travesty of justice. And I find myself for one of the few times in Spawn agreeing with the, the kind of the, the right wing uh, media commentator here where, where he says, well, we got to look on the bright side. Kincaid's out like think of it as him being safe and hidden away from us for the last eight years um well now he's out and so somebody can take revenge he's like Mr. Shadowhawk you know are you listening you know somebody needs to break this guy's back so a little <laughs> shout out from McFarland to his uh his uh fellow image creators uh and and their creation so yeah no no subtlety McFarland starts off by you know painting Billy Kincaid in, in a horrible light and he is a horrible person and we got Sam and Twitch there just to uh, kind of drive that point home because they uh, they very much are sort of these um, these POV characters in terms of, of morality that the way Sam and Twitch that they're kind of the in a lot of ways the, the most 
righteous, the, the, the best, the most good uh, characters in the book. So if Sam and Twitch feel a certain way, you can kind of rest assured that that's how you should feel. Like they're, they're very much uh, kind of characters who are on the, on the side of right. Uh, and so if they're against Billy Kincaid and everything we learn about Billy Kincaid, uh, he's a horrible person and yeah, yeah no subtlety and, and you, whatsoever. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're good partners too. I mean, they, you know, they, they support each other. They, you can tell you, they got good rapport. You know that they're good cops because later on in the issue, you know, there's some bad cops that, you know, drive through a back alley and run over some bums and, uh, but they're good cops and they're, you know, they're going to go and they're going to stake out, uh, you know, they want to keep an eye on Billy Kincaid and, and they re- more than once, they repeatedly reference the horrible things that Billy Kincaid did, how horrible he was. And that's that's Todd McFarlane again, the writing side of him, ramming it home to the reader. You know, despite the fact that he's conveying it in his art, he's, he's making sure the reader knows just how bad Billy Kincaid is through the memories and recollections of detectives uh, Sam Twitch as they recall how bad Billy Kincaid is. And so, you know, again, no subtlety, but, you know, uh, great to read in this vid, you know, ultimately this, this, this tale of blood and gore and, and, and revenge that are ultimately, uh, it, it, it will be revealed that Al Simmons had an opportunity to take out at, to take out, uh, Billy Kincaid at one time and, and lost the opportunity to do so because the police got to him first. So part of this is, uh, some, some ultimate, some redemption for Al Simmons himself for failing to take out Billy Kincaid in the first place. So. Uh, it's, it's, it, story gets better. Yeah, it, it, but again, no, no subtlety because we go right from the three talking heads to a scene in the in Queens at the house of Wanda Blake Simmons' ex-wife. There's his daughter sleeping in in a crib. We've got a Cerebus doll. We've got a Felix the Cat doll. So some some <laughs> shout outs to some other creators by by McFarlane. Yeah. But it, it sort of rams home the point that wait, are, are we going to like Billy Kincaid's a bad guy? could he possibly take out Wanda's daughter? You, you, like that thought you can't help, but think when it goes from talking about how horrible this guy is child killer to immediately showing uh, a young child. And, uh, and from there we transition to spawn and find out that he's uh, sleeping in the alleys with homeless people basically. Uh, but before we uh, find out about that, we do see a scene like that Rocky uh, mentioned about Sam and Twitch deciding, even though they got uh, kind of, raked over the coals by their superiors for going to that hearing at the hospital because they're supposed to leave Billy Kincaid alone. They're not supposed to be, uh, you know, trying to exact a pound of flesh. Everything's been done by, by the book. They decide they're going to take it upon themselves on their own time. And they're not working to keep an eye on, on Billy Kincaid uh, because they're worried about what he might do. He's such a, a horrible person. And sure enough, two days later, somehow no one's keeping an eye on Billy K- Kincaid Maybe because Sam and Twitch don't have the resources of the NYPD behind them. They're not able to, to locate him as quickly as they should. But I still think he would have like a parole officer or somebody keeping an eye on this guy. But yet two days after he gets out of being in this mental hospital <laughs> for having horrifically cut up this little girl into tiny pieces where it took six ep- experts to uh, identify her. He's already got his hands on an ice cream truck, tricks a little girl into coming with him and wastes no time on the uh, very next page. He same page, actually, he's finger painting. And I don't mean he's painting with his fingers. I mean, he has cut the fingers off this little girl and he's creating a painting with them. It's, it's absolutely horrific. He's I mean, a it's sick just puppy. awful. Yeah. And, and McFarlane, again, this is like 
he'd never get away with something like this at DC or Marvel. So maybe it's a little bit of, you know, the creator having uh, the freedom to do whatever he wants as a, a creator owned book. Um, but man, it's, it's, it's pretty horrific. Um, and it, it, I remember reading it for the first time and just being like, Whoa, like this isn't, this isn't Spider-Man. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is a hardcore book and McFarlane's uh, cutting loose. And then it transitions further. And, uh, and I, again, you you guys will listen to the, the second half that we actually have in the can already, but, uh, but anything to add about this first half, Rocky? Uh, I mean, I, I hated, I hate Billy Kincaid reading this first half. He's a bastard. And, uh, you know, and I'm supposed to hate him. Everyone's supposed to hate him. And the system is broken. The system is broken. The law, everything is broken. And, uh, Spawn's, Spawn's going to clean it up. Al Simmons is going to right the, right the wrongs. And, uh, we'll, uh, get into the second half to, uh, <laughs> to get into more detail. Yeah, I get everybody. So apologize for the, uh, the technical difficulties, but, We'll uh, we'll stitch it all together, and you'll have a good laugh, and you'll get the whole story. Yeah, sorry, little technical difficulties there, everybody. Not sure exactly where it cut off, but uh, what I wanted to to point out was, yeah, like I was saying, uh, seems like somebody should have been keeping track of this guy. I'm not necessarily saying it was Sam and Twitch, because yeah, maybe. I mean, even though they should have, he's got to register where he lives. He's got to have a a a parole officer. Like he shouldn't have been able to do, you know, get an ice cream truck and already be out there killing a kid, like. Granted, Sam and Twitch are trying to do it on the down low, so maybe they couldn't use the NYPD resources or, or what have you. But yeah, I mean, for him to just be able to go right out and, and murder another kid is is horrific. So then, uh, like, like we said, um, with no subtlety whatsoever, just like last time we went straight from Billy Kincaid to the house where Blake and – or Wanda Blake and her daughter live, now we go straight from seeing uh, Billy Kincaid – finger painting right to uh want to picking up her kid from school um for no other reason than to see that spawn is there torturing himself by spying on his ex-wife uh and daughter that could have been his and then we get a re another really strange transition um and this is another reason why this book is this issue just it's tough for me like we meet a bunch of homeless people right and uh you know we're, we're sort of Told, well, this is what Spawn has has come to, right? This is bottom of the barrel for, for Al Simmons. He's spying on his ex-wife, looking at the daughter that possibly could have been his, and living with some homeless people um, as they drink and tell bad jokes and try to stay warm. I, I mean, I, I mean, and he spends a lot of dialogue like explaining this, and then all of a sudden we go from them hanging around by the fire to this police car barreling through where these homeless people are sleeping on their way to a robbery, complaining about all the homeless sleeping in the alleys and blah, blah, blah. And they apparently run over one of the homeless guys who was sleeping under some cardboard. And they're all yeah. mad. Like, uh, we, all, <laughs> we, you know, we, we told Joey not to sleep under the cardboard, sleep under the boxes. You couldn't tell Joey nothing. Then one of the guys gets all fired up. This ain't got nothing to do with Joey. It's all the cops fault. Protect and serve. That's a bunch of crap. They protected me from squat. Look, they even let this baby killer out, Billy Kincaid. Like the the whole point of homeless people, guy getting run over by the cops, which is horrible in its own right. The cops bad mouthing the homeless. Also, this homeless guy is going to rail over the fact that Billy Kincaid got freed at a reduced sentence. Like, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> just don't get me wrong. 
I'm sure that homeless people have concerns about, you know, the world at, at large, but to have a homeless guy get this freaked out over Billy Kincaid being really like, it, it does, it just doesn't, it doesn't have much of a ring of truth and there's not being subtle. And then there's going to a ludicrous level. And that's yeah. a little bit what this feels like. Like, yeah. like why, why did he have to have a homeless guy get run over and killed? Just to get this other guy fire, fired up to complain about Billy Kincaid. And then, of course, now we find out that Al Simmons spawns has a link to Billy Kincaid from earlier. Uh, you know, we did mention the, the girl that was killed was a senator's daughter. He actually hired Al Simmons at one point because Al Simmons was black bag. But he, And even though Al Simmons is this incredible agent, black bag kind of guy, the NYPD somehow gets to Billy Kincaid first before Al Simmons can kill him and gets arrested. And, uh, you know, again, they only prove that one murder, but they did find an abandoned shack in North Virginia where the remains of multiple bodies were found of kids mutilated and, and so messed up. They never could get a final uh, body count. And the shack was proven to be belong to Billy Kincaid, but apparently somebody up on high in order to punish the Senator made all that evidence disappear. Yeah. And even, even uh, Jason Wynn, Al Simmons boss told him to drop it. And, and he did like, again, this is horrible stuff. Like this is just awful. Like, and if we're supposed to believe that Al Simmons was a good guy, like even back then you don't let this kind of thing drop, but I, I, it seems a little bit in poor taste to me from McFarland to say, man, this guy killed all these people. And, and who are these politicians that are just like, well, yeah, I know all these kids are dead. 20 something kids went missing in the town that Billy Kincaid lived in, but we want to make this guy look bad. So we're going to cover all that up. Like I, I, even, even certain political parties now that are kind of scum of the earth in my mind, I don't even think they would do this. Like this just seems like a bridge too far to me. I don't know. What do you think, Rocky? You think it has any sort of ring of truth to it? Well, I mean, I, I can tell you, I think it has a little bit of ring of truth. There's always travesties of justice, obviously, in the real world when it comes to technicalities and stuff. I, I sort of chuckled, uh, uh, you know, at the beginning where, you know, his Billy Kincaid's lawyer references some obscure 1930 case to get yeah. his client off. It's like every lawyer's dream is to like find that one case that's going to revolutionize and upset the law and like shock people and get a bad guy off. It's like, it was ridiculous, but I mean, it's sure it's possible. What, what I find incredible about this is that this issue spends so much time building up how bad Billy Kincaid is, how bad the system is broken, because it's the only reason Billy Kincaid can get away with it, t murdering 20 kids uh, uh, horribly, and and uh, six experts are needed to identify even one, and they can only convict him for one, for one case, and he gets sentenced to 22 years, and then there's another technicality, and then it, it gets reduced to 10 years. And The only reason this travesty is happening is because society has fallen apart. Everything's broken. The political system, the legal system, everything is broken. And of course, this is the world that Al Simmons has awoke in. And, uh, and Al Simmons himself had the opportunity to take out this Billy Kincaid back in the day when the, the Senator Paul, Paul Jennings, uh, asked him to kill this Billy Kincaid and he never did it. So that's how it's all tied in. And so all this build up until we get to the end and 
it, the ending feels so abrupt, uh, which, I mean, you haven't got to yet, but we'll, we'll get to it. But for all this buildup, there was a surprisingly abrupt and quick ending uh, regarding the fate of Billy Kincaid. And that's what was sort of shocking to me is that uh, what, what was really funny here, you know, we talk about the lack of subtlety. There is a, a we talked about how McFarlane is so good at rendering things artistically, but there's a page here at the beginning where it shows Billy Kincaid's eyes. The top of the page shows Billy Kincaid's eyes. And you could tell by the eyes that he's a, he's a serial killer and he's mean and he's cruel. And in the narration, as you said, there's so much exposition. The exposition actually says, Sam actually says, look at those eyes. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, just look he, at those eyes. Yeah, look at those eyes. That man's cured. <laughs> yeah, I mean, McFarlane is literally telling the reader what to do and what to look at. And you don't have to do that when you're an amazing artist. And he's a really good artist there. I mean, Billy Kinskate's eyes pop off the page. You, We don't need to be told to look at his eyes to know he's a serial killer. You've done an amazing job drawing it. You don't have to spell it out for us in the exposition, but he does. And so uh, it, it's kind of funny. We, we, we said before how that sort of like takes away, uh, in a way it almost takes away from it. It, it, it. It's redundant when you, when you, if you show something so spectacularly with your art, it is kind of redundant to, sh to, to, explain it in the narration and that and that's something you don't see many uh more skilled uh, writers nowadays doing uh uh but you know as you said it was sort of mcfarlane in his in his earlier days yeah and the other thing is you know we're, we're giving him a bad time about you know like dna wasn't as big of a thing back then it, you know it kind of started in the mid 90s and, and whatnot um <laughs> so you know like the oj simpson trial was the first one that you know really talked about it a lot and kind of brought it into social consciousness and and stuff. So yeah, there, there's all that, but man, I, maybe I'm not cynical enough as, as cynical as I've gotten about politics that to think that I, most of the time you draw the line at kids, right? Like that, that's where it really gets me. It's like, man, I can't believe these politicians would, would let them, uh, you know, maybe if he killed 20 adults, whatever, but when it's 20 <laughs> kids, but yeah, they, they let it, they let it all go. And so ultimately we're told that this is what gets, uh, what gets Al Simmons off the sidelines, right? Like he's, He's met Malabolgia. He's trying to make the decision at the end of last issue because Malabolgia sp spelled it out for him. Like, okay, here's your choice, Al. I screwed you. I, you got a raw deal. Tough luck. You can either use your powers to try to stop evil from happening, which will then bring your second death sooner and give me your soul sooner. Or you can choose not to do anything and just let evil run its course, in which case I still win because then there's going to be more evil happening in the world and that's good for me and you'll still eventually die. So your only choice is how fast you give up your soul. Uh, but because Al Simmons has a personal stake in this because he was involved, you know, at one point trying to take uh, Billy Kincaid out when he finds out he's around again, he decides to, to get off the, the sidelines and, and get involved. Um, and we're told by uh, McFarlane, a new purpose has been given to the Helter Helter Skelter life of Spawn. This former mercenary has a blemish on his record. He means to clean it up. And when that happens, uh, it's a splash page. And we see, not for the first time, but I think for the first time in, in such an obvious way, that McFarlane draws Spawn with this magical cape that can become huge at whatever. I think it's back up a few more pages when he's jumping off the roof if you're watching. keep going. Yeah, right there. 
that that cape is so gigantic it would wrap around spawn about i don't know eight or nine times <laughs> yeah. he certainly couldn't walk anywhere in it uh it, and, and that's one of the things that's yet so cool about the visual of spawn the cape does whatever the hell the cape wants or whatever the hell mcfarland wants the the cape to do so but it is super noticeable in that panel and it where... is it is worth noting that one of mcfarland's favorite one of mcfarland's favorite uh comic book covers for speculators is he he actually draws an issue of Batman or detective Batman, comics yeah. with that famous Batman with with Batman's cape and so he he it, it is something that I actually think this artistic rendition of of Spawn and his cape isn't as good as Sp as McFarlane will become he gets better at drawing Spawn's cape in subsequent issues but uh that's a very that's a very good observation you made there and again he he makes sure to tell us about it too you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, not necessarily in this panel, but when we get to the next page where Sam and Twitch are, have, have finally um, found out where Billy Kincaid is staying. They don't know that he's already kidnapped a girl and, and murdered her. And they're sitting outside sort of staking him uh, out the, the spot. And they, they do catch a glimpse of Spawn. And what Twitch says is um, he sees a guy with a cape. Uh, he's like, you know, they're like, what's going on? A cape. And so that spurs them to get out of the car. They go bursting into the house where Billy Kincaid is. Uh, meanwhile, Spawn has already arrived there and we're not really sure. We, we see Spawn, you know, confronting Billy, but we, we don't actually get to see what happens. And when Sam and Twitch, Twitch burst in, they're like, oh, something's wrong, but they find all the evidence that he's already killed a kid. So they head back to the police headquarters and they're trying to figure out, like, did this cape freak do something? Um, they they want to do it by the book so Billy Kincaid doesn't get away. Uh, from with you know having killed another person and so they go to into their office and it's that abrupt ending that rocky was talking about and we see billy kincaid all chained up with spawn chains uh and he's got popsicle sticks stabbed into him he's got a ice cream scoop stabbed into him and it, instead of t talking about ice cream uh, it says boys scream and girls scream so i made him scream and scream and scream so he he definitely got his his revenge um it doesn't go so far as to say overtly that Billy Kincaid is dead, um, but <laughs> he doesn't very, look alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well. You know, most likely is his blood is is dripping off of him. But you know, we didn't see any of this. You know, it's just we see Spawn break in and look at him, and then it switches to Sam and Twitch, and then we get this. So you know, it's not like Billy Kincaid was at all equipped to sort of. Uh, be a physical match for Al Simmons, especially with his um, added power. So, you know, as much as the ending is sort of abrupt, I don't, I, I couldn't, you know, play script doctor and say, well, the ending should have been this or should have been that. Um, but what's interesting is it's like, okay, you, you gave Billy Kincaid as a, a motivation and a, a previous link to his previous life that got Al Simmons off the, the sidelines in his helter skelter life. But he, he cleaned it up pretty quick. So now he, he could just go back to his helter skelter. He's, you know, in McFarland's own words, he's cleaned the blemish off now. Right. So he can just go back to sleeping with the homeless guys. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I love this. I love this issue. And I remember it. I remember it fondly because it's, you don't see this type of writing much anymore. You know, Nowadays, if, if a writer wrote this, we'd, we'd be subjected to another six issues following this, 
you know, with 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 the with Spawn on the trail of Billy Kincaid, and Billy Kincaid continuously getting away with it, and more buildup with Billy Kincaid's lawyers, and and it would be all this extra drama and everything else. I love this because it's an abrupt ending. All this buildup, such a bad Billy Kincaid, and because he's eliminated and taken out so abruptly and basically off panel. I mean, just sort of hinted at. You don't yeah. really see it. You just like you don't. As a matter of fact, you almost just like you don't see the horror that Billy Kincaid inflicted on the young girl that he kidnaps early in the issue. Uh, you, you see the fingers on the finger painting, but you don't really see the horror that Billy inflicts. You just told about it. You don't see the horror that Spawn inflicts on Billy Kincaid. You only see the after effects with the chains on that one visceral page at the end where Spawn's chains are wrapped around Billy Kincaid and and you know the I scream, you scream. I mean. It's cliche. It's a little tropey, but you know what? At the time, this was a this felt good. I mean, if you like vigilantes, if you're a Punisher fan, if you if you like bad guys getting their comeuppance, this was a feel good issue, man. I mean, this felt good, and it was a, it's a self contained issue, you, and that's that's the other great thing about it. You know, if if you if you didn't know anything about Spawn, and the first issue you picked up was issue five. You're buying the previous four issues. I guarantee you that. I mean, that's just a fact. And you're definitely buying the next one. And uh, yeah, so yeah, this was this was my personal favorite of the ones we've reviewed so far, just because it it brings back great memories for me. <laughs> yeah, it's actually my my least favorite. Um, but but like I said, it's it's not terrible. It's just the the the, the quirkiness of it. Like, wh- why did the ho- homeless guy have to get run over? Why did we have the homeless guy go on a rant? Like. The over the top being beaten over the head yeah. with the fact that that Billy's a bad guy. Like, okay, McFarlane, we get it. Well, he's uh, attacking the, other- the cops. He's making the cops look bad. I mean, McFarlane even makes the cop. The only good cops are Sam and Twitch. I mean, you got bad cops. Yeah. You got bad guys. You got the whole system's corrupt. That's what that's he said about McFarlane. He's just not subtle. Everything. The whole system is a complete shithole. <laughs> well, and, and you know, again, you got to remember the time this was coming out in the '90s when everything was in comics was dark and gritty and really starting to lean into it at that point, you know, we're in the bad girl phase. Um, Punisher's super popular, uh, you know, obviously Rob Liefeld and his, you know, ultra violent stuff and uh, you know, moving over to, to creator owned with, with image uh, where all these guys could put in a lot more blood and, and sort of cut loose. And yeah, they're, they're still finding their way. Uh, and again, you wonder if they swung a little too far over to that side of things, making things dark and gritty and bloody because they could, right? Like, just like you tell somebody they can't do something for so long and then, then they have complete freedom. They may take it a little too far. Not that it's in poor taste, but they may not without any, without realizing it, take it a little too far just because they have the freedom uh, to do so. But I, I, I do think it's cool that they're he references Shadowhawk. He's referenced Young Blood. We saw Savage Dragon make a cameo and um, yeah. in the la- on the last couple pages of, of the previous issue. So, yeah, I mean, these guys were definitely trying to to help each other out in terms of showing that it's a connected universe. And you know, Image United was supposed to be a thing, even though it never ultimately <laughs> happened, and and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, next issue I'm I'm looking forward to. I, I remember. Issue number six being a, a favorite of mine because we're going to get introduced to another uh, sort of uh, nemesis for for Spawn that hangs around for quite a while. So looking forward to that. But yeah. uh, any final thoughts on this issue, Rocky? 
Uh, no, I just, it just, uh, you know, again, I just, it, I, I, I'm back in 1992 enjoying this comic and it's a, you know, it's, it, it brings back, I mean, Billy Kincaid, classic serial killer. I mean, if, if there was one dominant phrase that I have never forgotten and I attribute it to this issue, it's I scream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream, whatever that, whatever the actual nursery rhyme is, I don't know what it is. I just know it from this issue of Spawn. <laughs> so it's, it's, as I say, it's kind of a morbid memory and, uh, don't judge me, but I enjoyed this issue quite immensely. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, don't forget, everybody, that if you're checking us out uh, on YouTube, go over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the, the audio podcast as well. Uh, just do a search for the Comic Source on your favorite podcast app or podcast platform. We're on all of them, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, all that. Uh, if you do listen to us just on audio, you owe it to yourself to go and check out the the video stuff as well that comes out on the, the Comic Boom channel on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, do a search for Comic Space Boom exclamation point. Subscribe to the channel, ring the notification bell, give this video a like. All that stuff really helps out Rocky's channel and reach. So uh, again, we'll wish everybody happy holidays. Hope you're enjoying your time counting down to Christmas and and getting a chance to uh, to check out these episodes uh, and. Uh, kind of enjoy our, our spawn miss here, the, the spawn renaissance that will continue into next year. So once again, we want to thank everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next time. See you later.
You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.